creatures in the garden Coexisting with me Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. We're so excited to have Bay Area singer-songwriter Anna Carney back on the show today to talk about her powerful new album, Creatures in the Garden. And I mean powerful. It's awesome, as all her music is. And you can go to carney.bandcamp.com, and that's K-A-R-N-E-Y. The links and everything we talk about are in the show notes, no matter where you're listening or watching from on YouTube. And, um, you know, she's been on the show. I, we were trying to figure this out before we hit the record button. Um, I think three or four times and it's always been some kind of special collaboration show, but we've got you as just you today, <laughs> you on your own. And Nancy says hi, by the way. She's publishing our magazine right now, but okay. well, she says really hi. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's cool to have like a, it's time for the in-depth Anna Carney interview. So okay. how are no. you doing? I know. Tell us what you really did. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm doing just fine. I'm really excited about this album. In, in particular, this album, I had some amazing musicians uh, collaborating with me. Oh, yeah. And, and the, my my guy, Michael Rosen, who is the co-producer and, and just created some amazing um, sonic events on on the album and so i i really feel like this is sort of you know been on it's been on an upward trajectory artistically and and i'm very proud of of this album that you should be it's a it's a badass album and you've got a little bit of every genre in there too and there's some of it that like eternity gets you on a little bit of psychedelic kind of like oh we're spiraling somewhere. Cool. <laughs> or are we cool? Or are we not? Let's think about it. Let's trip out a little bit. Um, but Sinner and Saints, I, I want to talk about that because I think that's kind of where we are right now. And you start the album with that with an acoustic and then you have the full band version at the end, which I think is so, you know, it's like, it's like chalk and cheese yet we can, we can all point fingers. It's, it's like a, and there's some real sinners going on right now. <laughs> and there's some real oh, saints and there's a, whole bunch yeah. of us in the middle going wham yeah <laughs> well it you know we're we call ourselves polarized in this country we're, we're enjoying that 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 you know situation that we're in that that nobody can agree on anything and you know i i'm just wondering if people remember that we really i don't say have time <laughs> <laughs> it, um you know I quote one of the lyrics is, you know, we're like an aspen tree and an aspen tree looks like it's individual trees, but the roots are connected. It's like one organism. And that, you know, no matter what your values are, I feel like we, where we can get to the same page is that we all have a similar experience in the United States and in, in our history is our history, no matter whether you agree with, you know, think it's for real or don't think it's for real you can't get away from the fact that we've we're all coming up from this history and that's and so we share that and Mm. it is complicated it's complicated life is complicated it's not it, it it's not press and play our individual lives are often very complicated so and then I also think about how you know Europe was not always the happy place with the euro it was a bunch of tribes fighting each other for a long time till somehow they managed to unify and we have this huge country that is comprised of many different subcultures many different subcultures so of course you know we're not going to agree on everything but we don't have to blame and hate each other Mm -hmm. i'm a big believer in let's let's find a common ground and build from there and Mm -hmm. so when somebody you know accuses me or i find myself pointing a finger like well none of us are completely you know devoid of our sins and none of us are completely saintly you know no no (laughs) because when perfection doesn't exist other than nature right and and really, I love, you know, you do a lot of regarding climate change and everything. And, and Nancy and I travel the country, as you know, full time. And 
don't tell me climate change isn't real. There's no way we're going, you know, we were just a few weeks ago in Northwest Arkansas. And yeah, they have some interesting weather, but it was compounded in ways that it wasn't the year before. I mean, I almost got zapped by lightning wow. and we were in tornadoes, all that kind of stuff. And, and then that does actually happen in that area, but it was the, the heat was off the charts. It, we were in the mountains, you know, the mountains that you can see bef- behind me is where we are now in Appalachia, um, out in Pisgah National Forest in North Carolina. And it's beautiful. It's pristine, but they're also saying they need rain here. Now, to me, this is a, picture perfect forest looks really healthy but everybody knows it's having an issue we drove through minnesota um not even a month and a bit ago we were in minnesota and it's lush there's mosquitoes the size of birds everything looks the prairies look green and lush and beautiful no they're in a drought like what how can these areas iowa in a drought we need water and i'm going like i'm from the desert man and now the desert as we record this is probably about to get a whole bunch of water and and I'm going Maui was on fire, you know, um, which none Canada. of us would think. Yeah, Canada, like places you wouldn't think, you know. So it's um it's very and it's real. All around the world too, you know. I mean Oh absolutely. In- Greece, uh yeah. It's everywhere. And and climate deniers are not I don't in my heart, I don't think that they really in, in their minds deny it, but there's something outside that is motivating them to deny it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's somebody who's getting money from an oil company to somebody who is insisting that, you know, they're listening to some sort of information mm-hmm. that in their hearts, they probably doubt, but, but they're going along with the norm in their communities, mm-hmm. you know, and, we all have our causes and all of our causes are almost all of our causes are, um, you know, valid and important. The only cause I don't believe in is the cause of hate. You know, anytime you mm-hmm. say that, you know, my platform is, is one of hate, but all the ones that are uplifting society are all very important. But I just think that, you know, mother earth and the climate is, is, is our foundation. And this right. is where need to come together and 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 how and and make the changes make the changes just one little last thought about this is that if you think about how much money and resources were spent to get to this point right from the industrial revolution to now mm. it's countless amounts of dollars that have been spent to build this toxic environment and in i don't you know i think that people who have money would really serve our society well by spending that money on solutions not on mm-hmm. you know uh clothing or you know uh i don't know a boat but you know private plane a private plane you know ex- it, it, those things are fine except that it, you should be spending your money on the solution too especially if you're using a vehicle or a boat or flying in a plane, you know, we should be pouring our resources and our money into fixing this problem. And I imagine that if we just made that commitment, it would make an enormous difference right away. I, I really agree with you because we've been in wildfires. Nancy and I have been through, we evacuated seven times in a year and a half through wow. wildfires in a mountain. Down. And we've been through hurricanes, we've been through tornadoes, we've been through bombs, all of it, like literally guns at our face, all of it. And when you go through such severe things, you get a little PTSD here and there. And so when, when I go, hey, like, that's it, I'm done with this or whatever, I really come from a place of been there, done that, and not, it's just you get through that way through travel and 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 living in places. You know, travelers don't always get into wildfires, right? But when a wildfire happened, when that series of wildfires that we went through was in a tiny mountain town in California, and I watched this community that were fighting petty fights, stealing each other's business signs on the same main street. I mean, we were on the merchants and chambers and all those boards and all that, and we watched people fight, and I've been in them. I've been also like, well, screw you. 
that didn't happen. Here comes the finger pointing and all of that. The sinners and saints. That's why I think it's such yeah. a huge part of, of this. In, like if you did, as soon as the big drama happens, like you hear right now, Maui, how all the people on the ground are really helping each other. That's yeah. what happens in community and COVID, right? During that, yeah. during mm-hmm. these problems, these dire situations, when people come together, all those little like wham, 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 wham. Well, this person on climate, we don't actually have time to point fingers because this is where we're at, right? And when we do come to let's create a solution together, we do very well as societal beings. And I don't care what tribe, I don't care what country. That's just a human thing. We tend to, we want somebody to spearhead it and we will all come together and do this. We will have our little skirmishes in between. That's human beings. Human beings are definitely not perfect. But um, we will rally together. And when things start to have that inch of success, just even a little dust of success, we know to take that little dust and make it into a little bit of more dust and then eventually a cloud of success, right? We are able to do that. That's how we do have skyscrapers and things we thought were fantastic and that were really needed and we're going through cycles cycles of history like you're talking about europe has had their cycles of history we were just actually even before our conversation talking about that with a friend about like this america is a very young country on the um anglo side of things from the indigenous people not so much <laughs> from nature yeah. not so much right yeah. so we're going through this civil societal bunch of crud at the same time as the climate says why don't you get over it and move to the bigger picture right 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 yeah absolutely Absolutely. music helps though man it's a very (laughs) powerful tool it's a very powerful tool i mean uh the president of naris um the national recording academy who um they do the grammys he did a recording, a video, and he was saying, you know, in, in this time of in this divisive time, we should be writing songs that are positive and bringing us together and, and meaningful. You know, that was his recommendation. And it was so funny because I had just said the same thing at a show <laughs> the day mm-hmm. before. And I turned on the video and there he is saying, and I'm like, did you steal my little? Yeah, <laughs> you were there, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, all artists and, and, you know, artists do. Artists, express the feelings of our you know of of our collective hearts but um you know i i i come from a a social justice background um you know grew up in a time when poetry and and acoustic guitar and singing about peace and love and happiness was you know the was the was what we did and so i've never left that behind um and i'm hoping that you know it starts coming back around again because it was a very powerful influence. It really brought people together on the same page uh, to, you know, to, to hear these songs, to hear these words, to be empowered, you mm. know. I, I know that you're on our Parks and Travel show that we do with the National Parks Arts Foundation every first Friday. And so you are the artist on the show today. And normally we're interviewing artists in residence uh, who are there in a park somewhere for a month, like Hawaii Volcanoes. Oh. National Park or Chaco. And I think you've got to do this at some point. I'm just saying, I mean, go to a park for a month to create. And um, it's interesting listening to your album because there's something for everyone on it, but it's, you, you, it's powerful. Like I said, but it's, it's, I would rather use the word empowering versus powerful. Um, Because when you go to a place like Chaco Canyon, or like Hawaii Volcanoes. Hawaii Volcanoes National Park is always changing. And the people living in that area are having to deal with volcanoes. They know it's coming. They know it's going to happen. They know change exists. And we do all these interviews about it. Chaco Canyon is celestial, interesting. I'll say celestial, but it's the dark sky, international dark sky place. But it's up in northern New Mexico where the indigenous people put these perfect circles in of earthworks for ceremonies, celestial ceremonies, for, you know, the solstice and things like that. And yet there was change there too. Here we go. We want to drill and, and frack the land outside. And so when you're in these places and you see human architecture that worked with the land 
And the same as Hawaii has to build with the land. If you're going to live around the volcano and it's going to, you could build something. The volcano says, sorry, I'm taking out your road. Yeah. Today. Yeah. So they understand it. They understand this change thing so much better when you live with nature and national parks are doing that. And while listening to music, I think is one of the crucial things. I think if you go to places like the national park that has been stopped in time, literally, other than we go in and visit. Now they're doing a lot of shuttles in national parks like Muir Woods down in, in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they do shuttles in because there's too many people going into this protected place for the redwoods, right? It shows and how much people need nature. They, they need, need it. They need it. And the only thing damaging these really the most protected sites in our country, right? And we started the National Park Service, and now all the national parks around the world, even Africa, started because of us. Mm-hmm. Two things damaging, climate change, and national parks are doing a really good job of interpreting and explaining, you know, climate change, how it's happening, hurting Joshua trees, hurting um, saguaro ne- saguaros, uh, the sequoias, having all these fires, right? So mm-hmm. they interpret all of this, we're losing it, and then our human footprint is happening. But nature, if it was just left, they would still have its normal wildfires that it actually needs. So it's kind of this interesting balance. So do you think about that when you were writing this album? Creature, and I love the title, Creatures in the Garden. I love the title song too. But Because I think of that all the time, like everything is a garden. Well, you know, if you take a... Um... If you go to summer camp or you take a geology course and and you're hiking around in nature, one of the big rules is, you know, don't step where footsteps are not supposed to go. Right. Keep off the grass, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because that's disrupting even the tiniest organisms habitat by just clumping your big old foot down on it. Right. Mm. So, you know, you stick to the paths and you clean up after yourself and, you know, all, all these sort of rules that they give you to keep the, you know, nature humming, so to speak, in that area. And, you know, this is just part of how we are, and I'm going to say as Americans, is that we, everybody, everybody in this country gets to this entitlement thing, Mm -hmm. right? Don't tell me I can't do something. I have a right to do it. I have a right to drive my Jeep you know, off road. Right. And, you know, that's the, that's the hubris of, of a mentality of dominance. Mm. Right. And, and, you know, don't tell me I I can't, you know, camp wherever I want to. And by the way, I don't need to clean up after me. It'll just go back to nature. You know, these kind of values that are, are, destructive and and myopic and selfish so you know i i feel like somebody who is a little bit um feeling entitled to do that i i like to connect with them and help them find that you know they love this area and it's because they haven't driven there well yeah and you're a teacher so that's something i wanted to talk about with you because we tend to go, okay, well, you're wrong, you're right. So then here comes the saint sinner's finger pointing, right? And they may have been raised in this way. This is, you know, this is ingrained in them at this point. You know, it could be a family tradition, just what you're talking about. And, oh, we appreciate the outdoors, you know, and so, you know, but not understanding all those little micro-isms like you're talking about under the earth. So, as a teacher, a musician, there's it's kind of that way of wheedling in to have to to wake up to be the pacifist, pacifist yet the the cold coffee, the wake up coffee in the morning and the cold shower. Well, and also for uh, to um, have an have a mind that can change. You know, a lot of this, mm-hmm. like you said, if it's a family tradition, well, we've always done this, right? But can you stop doing it? Is that within your power to stop doing it? Just because you've always done it, can you grow? Can you change? Can you, can you, it's called the I message. What, what am I doing that is destructive in this situation? Where, where am I, where can I improve my behavior 
rather than, you know, it's your fault and you, mm. you hurt me or, or that's mm-hmm. how I should be able to, to do whatever I want, but to stop and to, and to grow. It's, it's a growth mindset and va- rather than a fixed mindset, it's like eating red meat. That's like a fixed mindset. Don't tell me I can't eat my bacon. Right. And even, you know, if you're showing. Now you're already pissing people off right now. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying you can't eat your bacon, but, you know, <laughs> do you really need to wrap it around your donut? You know, I mean, all the time. Can you can you minimize it? Can can you pull back a little bit? Can you change a little mm. bit? Can you do what that? can you do? What and, can you do? And yeah, what can you do? And, and how and think about where you will benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than thinking that somebody something's being taken away. Thinking about what you're gaining by not doing mm. your normal thing, you know, just sort of thinking outside the box, being open-minded, being being available to new information and receptive, and to at least think about it, you know, mm. and 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 think about others, you know, that's mm. the other thing. Think about others; it's not just about you. And you know, we are a young country, and and not everybody here is, you know, entitled and selfish. There's some beautiful people in this. I think I, you know, traveling the country and doing what we do is we travel, we pets it, not for money. It's not a money exchange thing at all. It's so we can do interviews and do our work and hang out with the animals, but it's an immersive experience. And we unite over the love of animals and the love of travel. And it's really interesting. Um, I was talking to the community managers, trusted house sitters. We do it through, and she was on the show, and she said, "How often do you go into a home and you're staying in someone's home? It's an immersive experience, and you could come from all kinds of backgrounds, have different political beliefs, but you're immersive over taking care of their home, their plants, their pets, mm-hmm. which are their babies. You're helping them travel. We get to work, and we're hanging out." And so there's this exchange. And let me tell you, we all don't come from the same background. Just because oh. we travel and love animals doesn't mean we come from the same mindset on everything. And it's a beautiful thing where you break bread together. You Oftentimes we're having dinner together and we'll have conversations. And we're seeing a lot of change. But we do see people trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think at the same time, we're also seeing people feeling like it's, um, you know, just in the interviews and everything, but just this immersive experience of hope is gone. You know, like they've, they're losing hope and people that are, um, families divided right now, which is a very sad thing. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, though, people going, how do I move forward? And I think that's a really good place to be for I don't care what political I don't want to get in politics but whatever your belief pattern is how do we move forward in the most positive way for nature and human beings because if we don't take care of nature we don't have the human beings we know that right yeah and 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 folks have to remember that that just because it's not like I'm I'm in a pretty mild climate area but I do understand that all the climate crises that are around the world are going to affect my little haven here because it's going to affect food supply. It's going to affect mm-hmm. you know, medical supply. It's going to affect water supply. It's going to affect everyone on the planet, you know. And, and don't think your cell phone's going to work either. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it. This is what I'm saying is that we have things in common now. We 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 are sharing in this crisis, mm-hmm. and and in the United States, particularly, you know, with our complex and and not so, um, you know, positive history, our our crappy history. Right. You know, whether you choose to believe it or not, we had a crappy history in this country. You know, and and but. But we and we share in that. I share in that. You share in that. We're mm-hmm. all here. You know, my parents weren't, you know, responsible for it, but we've all benefited from where we come from. If you're yeah, in this no, country, no one got here without somebody giving a leg up. Yeah, in some exactly. way. And everybody who was here before, you know, was part of that equation of giving us a leg up by the fact that we're still here. You know, and so. Uh, you know, I just look for us to find connections, to be humble, to be willing to change, 
to be open to suggestion and to think outside the box. You go, girl. Well, that's what music and arts are, right? Creatures in the Garden. I want to get to the album because definitely you have all these messages, but you, you don't. That's what I love about, like I said, empowering is that you don't sugar. You're not like hiding what you need. You have a strong message, right? It's empowering, but you're not going like, screw you. You didn't do this, do that. You know what I mean? It's a very balanced um, approach. So it's approachable, but empowering. I think that's a very hard balance to have. And I think being a performer, you understand that give, take energy, that relationship with an audience, being a teacher, you know, I think you understand that. And the songwriter, you don't want to, to turn people away if you're trying to get a message across. So right. you're doing this very, I, I, I mean, I've been a fan since day one, like that if I ever heard you, you know, you keep coming, you know, they're like, Hey, Carney's got a new, I'm like, get her, get like, don't, don't, don't delay. She's got stuff <laughs> going on. Get her on. You know, um, we're speed tracking this interview, even just, you know, you got an event coming. We want everyone to know about it, but creatures in the garden. I really love the title and I know, you know, and I always say everyone listen to the music. The music is going to find songs that really resonate with you and the whole album flows and you should be super proud of this. It's, it's a brilliant piece of work. Thank you. I appreciate that. But the name, the title song and the name of creatures in the garden to me and everyone's obviously you wrote it, you know what you wanted. Everyone's got a different thing, but to me, it's so important that we understand the web of life so your backyard, what is it? Is it a ton of bricks? I mean, and, and can you fix that? Can you add even just one potted plant that a monarch butterfly can, can you know, habitat? Can you put some milkweed? Can you, and the right milkweed that we've learned lately on our show, can you do these things? We had a professor, Doug Tellamy, on our show about a month, a month and a half ago. And he, he's started this whole project called um, your homegrown national park. It's your backyard, getting wow. kids to go out. You can go to your national parks, which he absolutely advocates for. But in your backyard, what can you do? Even if your backyard is a patio, what can you do to help nature? And you can watch. What can you do to bring moths and caterpillars for birds to be able to feed their young? Um, all I mean, it's pretty cool. It's like yeah. I'm like into that. So when, when I saw your album title and then started listening, I'm like, oh, this is you guys need to meet. You need to hook up, man. This is cool because <laughs> your backyard, if we all took care of the creatures in our garden, wouldn't we be in a better place? Yes, that's everyone contributing as best as they can, but contributing, but contributing, not sitting back and doing nothing and saying, oh, isn't it a big problem? And we're, we're screwed, you know, but to get in there and affect a change, you know, because if you, if you ain't in, you can't win. Mm. <laughs> That's an old saying that somebody told me one time. <laughs> exactly. That's why you have to vote. If you don't vote, you can't, you, you need to stop whining. You can't win. And, and it does matter as we've seen, you know, but, um, I, I was just sitting there literally as the lyrics say with my coffee. I was just sitting there drinking my coffee and I was just, and I looked up, I was in somebody else's backyard. So, um, and they had this big, uh, bush that had flowers on it. And I realized as I looked up, it was completely covered with bumblebees. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and you know, at first I was like, wow, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you see a, you know, not a swarm, but a plethora of bees and it's a little, but then I just thought I'd sit there and just watch, you know, and they, they were doing their thing. They were working hard. I was on vacation. They were working hard and just kept going, you know, next day, there they were back again at it. And wow. who are they serving? I mean, it's the instinct for them, but we benefit from it, right? The you know, we're benefiting from their work. And I then I'm looking around at all the other creatures that were there. And, you know, there was a couple of birds across the way and they're like going, hmm, lunch, you know. So and they were coming in and they were, you know, dive bombing. That's the, the web of life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then there was, you know, a little coyote looking at the birds, you know, and, and it was just, but I was, and then I just, listened and and i was just listening to all the sounds of all of this happening you know and that's what started to inspire this this song you know mm. and uh, my mother was a, a real green thumb she was she when when we had a we have a botanical garden here in golden gate park and oh, yeah. they actually called her for advice i mean that's oh, that, wow. 
how she, good she was oh <laughs> and my gosh. inherit that. Um, uh, but, but so her con and she was a poet. So she wrote a lot about nature. So that's, you know, I did inherit that writing about nature and, 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 you know, celebrating, celebrating, you know, mother earth. Um, we're, you know, as, as a, as a society, we, we look towards a more of a patriarchal vibe, you know, and I, you know, I sort of, this is just in my mind, nobody has to embrace this at all, but I was thinking, well, you know, you have a mother and a father, so it's really both. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe it's, they're both, they're neither male nor female, or maybe they're both, they're really a they, you know, that whatever it is, 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 is a plural and it has the yin and it has the yang. And it's not just about destruction. It's also about creation. And, you know, without, without creation, there can be nothing to destroy. So, you know, I just, this is where my mind goes. No, no but that, that is it, you know, and, and I think everyone comes to those places, but you have to have that spark like you had in the garden, yeah. that little, you know, here's going to be in your, you know, bonnet. You did <laughs> be in the flower bush over there. Yeah, no. And, and it's, it's really important to have those thoughts. And I think we get so busy sometimes that we don't slow down. That's why it's important to go out and have those moments in nature, go to places with history. Like where you were talking about Golden Gate Park, not far as the Presidio is not far from there. And, um, well, we went there, um, the beginning of our tour, 2012 or 2013, we were there. Beautiful um, Presidio the, a beautiful park. Yeah, and people live in the Presidio, and it was founded because of Juan Batista de Anza uh, coming through on the expedition that went through Mexico, Tucson, and we were following this National Historic Trail, and I'm addicted to it, and I'll stop talking about it now before I go into, like, we're going to do an <laughs> hour of uh, Latino studies, and yes, Afro-Latino too, which everybody doesn't want to believe in, but it's true. It happened and it's, it's real. And so anyway, we were there in an event and it was, um, El Pollen, I think. And I've got photos of Nancy, uh, making tortillas, like actually grinding the corn and everything. And they were, had this new pollinator garden and lo and behold, just native plants, right? And I think they'd planted a native California lilac and things like that. Already the pollinators came. And here we are in this historic site where military was and all of this stuff happened and people are living there and there's museums and you can see the, you can see the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, depending on where you are standing. And here's all these butterflies and birds going, Hey, you gave me food. You're bitching, man. (laughs) There was like water areas for them. And I was, I was just like, there's all this history stuff and I'm going, God, they just literally planted this and we were there at this inauguration. Oh, Polin, I'm not saying it correctly, but this one area of the Presidio that was dedicated to the people who walked across from Mexico, mm-hmm. 200 people, only one death. And that was in Tucson during childbirth, walked and got the El Camino Real. That's one of the one of the routes, yeah. yeah, The mission route. You could walk from Mexico all the way up to Northern California and beyond. It's amazing. These bells, these historic bells. Mm -hmm. So you can, yeah, yeah. It's amazing that history. Unfortunately, a lot of that was uh, getting not nice, not nice (laughs) at all. Uh, You know, trying to change people who were already there to the religion that they wanted them, you know. To believe it. Well, don't get me started on just around the corner from you was Sir Francis Drake who decided to land his ship, his golden hiney, as I say, behind and decided, oh, we've got the new Albion. California will be for the queen. And then let me go mess with the Spaniards and try to change what the Native Americans were doing, too. He wasn't that nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The his- well, like you're saying, history sucks, but it's yeah. real and we can't erase it. Yeah. We must not. Yeah. But we can't, we, yeah, we can't erase it. We can't deny it. And we can't be, a, we can't, you know, think that we can move into the future. It's really, it's like having um, dysfunction in your family and oh you don't pay attention to it and let it perpetuate. It just festers and festers and you never, ever 
you have to go to therapy. You have to go to family therapy in order to deal with it. Or you got to face it. You got to face, face the music. It, you know, and that's why we have you because <laughs> you can put music on and you can feel better while you go through all this crap. You yeah. know, or feel yeah. like you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. She believes the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't me. It was her. It was him. It was Uncle Joe. Everybody has a dirty old Uncle Joe somewhere in their closet. <laughs> But no, so this album, you've got, you've got people that you've worked on, worked on uh, other albums with, your EP with, um, you've got new people in there too, right? Well, I have, um, the guys from the Czech Prophet band and then, uh, the bass player and the guitarist. I have my tried and true group, Jeff and David and Eric, who have been with me forever. And then a new guy, Kyle. And I kind of have two bands on this. And Michael and I were, we, we really tried to, um, use all the colors on the palette, basically. Um, you know, each musician brought their own, you know, artistry, uh, to the table. And, um, and so the C, the, the EP release party, I mean, the album release party that I'm going to have, it's a full album, it's not an EP. Um, I actually have both bands coming in and playing. Oh my gosh. And and yeah. so is this the event on the September 24th? That's the one. Yeah. And, oh, and oh, oh, I cool. I couldn't leave anybody out because everybody had contributed. And so I said, I said to the guys, I said, come on, you know, we can do this. We can, you know, you guys are going to play this song and you guys are going to play these songs, you know, just don't point who's going to be the saint and who's going to be the sinner. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the album, by the way? I, I can imagine that, but I, yeah. I like the creatures because that, yeah, that makes sense. More, yeah. And because, I mean, you know, if you don't know what I'm writing about, Sinners and Saints could be interpreted in a few yeah. different ways. But Creatures in the Garden is like nature, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's my main focus on here. I mean, Sinners and Saints is about, you know, if we're going to get to a solution, we've got to work together. Mm-hmm. No, we can't, we can't fight it out. We gotta work, we gotta work together. We gotta set aside some of our differences and live with them, you know, and move towards a healthy planet. Period. I mean, if we don't, we're toast. Everybody, 1-800-CARNY therapy. <laughs> Get her music. Well, no, but it, it's really true. And I think music is unity. You go to a concert, you don't know who's standing next to you. But no. you're enjoying that energy together, right? That's right. If you can do that, sure. then you can, like I said about the pet sitting, like we're in these immersive experiences and you take those experiences. What's the next step to take that experience, that positive energy and make the dust cloud into a glittery ball of happiness? Yeah. You, you mentioned the butterfly. I just was talking to some, to got a lecture from somebody, uh, uh, you know, like a TED talk type of thing. And they were talking about how, you know, caterpillars literally liquefy, mm-hmm. become butterflies. Like they, they die, but they don't just die. They liquefy and reform as butterflies. And that's the miracle of, of that particular little bug. And, you know, we can take that as an example when you're letting go of things that you just think are so important and you can't let them go. You can't. Mm-hmm. Let but you're going to have to somehow or another let that stop. Yeah. You'll never get to the butterfly point if you don't, you know, take to Liqu- liquefy your stuff. Your, your BS. <laughs> yeah. Well, Buckminster Fuller said the same thing about like, you think you're an ugly caterpillar. Did you know you're going to turn into this beautiful butterfly? And it's important to understand that we can always, you know, move forward. And he turned out to be one of the most amazing human beings. He created the geodome, all of these, you know, just a a brilliant mind. And he at one point wanted to commit suicide. And he was out of the lake and went, you know what, screw this, came back. And his whole thing was the effects of nature and, um, you know, things like move forward from failure. Failure is not the end of the world. Doing the wrong thing. We we just did an interview with our friend Lee Brovadani. She's the trust architect. Mm-hmm. and teaches trust to corporations and and i keep going dude like you need to be everywhere right now and we were talking so the conversation was can you rebuild trust and she says sometimes you you absolutely it you can't there's mm-hmm. real bad stuff that there's a line you need to draw for your own health and sanctity but rebuilding it can happen 
mm-hmm. you know, and understand. And she says, don't think that any listener, she goes, I don't care who it is listening right now. You have totally ruined someone's trust. Every single person, whether you know it or you don't, has destroyed trust somewhere at some point in life. Not maybe meaning to or maybe meaning to, but we've all been guilty of it. Just like you're saying, are you a sinner? Are you a saint? We've all been a sinner. We've all been saints, but none of us are perfect and clean. And so if we can come from that level, then maybe the next step isn't so bad because we ain't perfect. Mother nature is. They know how to liquefy. Yeah. Mother nature knows how to liquefy. I'm never drinking a green smoothie again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that thing about trust is that trust is, is not just like, this is trust. Trust is comprised of many different things. And so you may not trust somebody on a certain level, but maybe you can find a place where you, you can, you can get past your disappointment and, mm-hmm. and find a reliability in that. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if it's a really, you know, negative player, so to speak, yeah. that's a whole different thing. You know, yeah, that's what, that's why we're saying get rid of that. You got to move on. Yeah. Because that's that I I feel like that antisocial behavior is 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 a that's when you're banging your head on the wall. You need to go where the flow is. Yeah, to make but positive I mean, you change. Know, if it's just yeah. your average person, and you know they you they've destroyed your trust, or you've destroyed. Maybe you can find some place to come together. Mm-hmm. You know, even Absolutely. if you know, even if you're just like this much of your relationship is you're coming together on it. But if we can find that place, and I think that if you know if we can find a place where we all agree that we need to heal the planet, you do it your way. I'll do it my way, but let's all come together to do something. You know, well, it's like I, I was talking to one person and it comes uh, and he just said, you know, none of us really want to see the planet destroyed. None of us don't want to have forests like what I have in my background. Nobody wants that to go away. I do, think does, that there are, no, I think that there are two uh, types of people who, are not interested in healing the planet. Those who are taking everything from it. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And profiting off of it. Those people are hoarders, you know, people who want to make more money and more money. They're hoarding money. They're hoarding resources. They're hoarding, they're hoarding, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, that's a psychosis in my opinion. That's an emotional disturbance, you know, and then there are people who believe that, that, they have been given the right to do with the planet whatever they want, mm. right? And if it does get destroyed, that's just the way it goes. That's just the will of whatever, right? And it's another cycle on Earth like the Ice Age. Right. And, uh, you know, or or somebody on high, whoever your person is or your being is on high, has given you the right to just destroy the planet. You know, no. and, and, and it's their will. So I'm. That just, doesn't make sense. If we're going to talk about God, I don't think God said, Oh, come to the planet and I'm going to kill you all. No, I, no that doesn't no, go with what the disconnect right there, you know, and the inability mm-hmm. to say, to step back and say, wait a second, how am I interpreting this message? Right. Yeah. How, it, am I, it, do you really think that, that, that something that was created is created just to be destroyed by us? You well, know? you said, you said, wait a minute, like, think about the message, like you're, you're asking us to actually sit for a second and think, and that's the problem. That is, to me, the crux of what is going on in our world, whether it be social issue, climate, nature, all of it, it started with this fast food, here's your styrofoam cup, and your mm-hmm. styrofoam burger box. That is where, like, I was thinking about this, like, the other day, I'm like, where did this stuff come from? Because in World War II, even into the 60s and 70s, we all knew how to save things. We learned from the Depression, the Dust Bowl. Everybody learned. No matter, and you can talk about people on different political parties. They knew how to save things, how to take care of things, not waste, right? Now, here comes the new age of to-go, fast food, throw it away, just dump it, where all these, I mean, I was, plastic. yeah, we, we, I was raised like, dude, you don't throw anything away, you know, that you don't 
you know, it's like, uh, uh-uh, cause like, I don't know, I was in the bush. So like you had to burn your stuff and that wasn't very healthy. Well, you know, we, we also want everything to be brand new, spanking new, pristinely clean, right? So we have to have everything plastic wrapped in order to be confident that it's, we're not going to have, um, you know, be poisoned by somebody else having touched it before, you know, and, and that's the single use plastic issue. Um, and I encourage people to find alternative Thing, you know? yeah, my my grandmother came to to visit us when we lived in Kenya, and you go to the store and there's very it's basics right. It's like when we first got back to this country, we didn't know how to grocery shop. We had a cart full. We didn't understand why there's twenty of this and tw- like why do we have all these things? Butter is butter, You're right? And and so we ended up leaving a cart in the grocery store. We've done that like we did it in England when we went. Canada, England, and then South Africa here. We just overwhelmed. And my friend from South Africa, my high school friend, came over last year. And I took her to Walmart. And she just was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you a know, She was like, why? And it's so funny because I took her to the butter aisle. She goes, why do you have so many butters? <laughs> <laughs> so and it was my first thing, too. Why do we have so many butters? I'm not understanding oh. who's. And my first thing, I looked, I looked to Nancy and I went, Mom. Who screwed up the butter? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That was my thing as a kid, like not understanding, but growing up of there, my, my grandmother comes out and so she's Americanized and, you know, we'd been kind of living off in the bush and doing all kinds of animal stuff and everything. And we take her to the market and there's a freshly baked loaves of bread and people touch them and you can put them through your own slicer. I don't know if they had slicing machines back then or whatever. She freaked. Because people touch the bread. Oh, my. She didn't eat for days until she absolutely had to. Because people touched things yeah. in the market. Like, they touched the mangoes. They touched the avocados. Most of us had them in our backyard. So you were living off the land. But any, she was like, all these people were touching things. I'm, you know, we came out of Africa. Nothing ever happened to us. We didn't get anything. Yeah. You know? And she was just all, oh, we're going, we're all going to die. And eventually, it, yeah, somebody touched your bread. And then COVID comes. Now I think about it going, God, like it's such a weird, like we went back into that. Like it's so weird, this weird yeah. cycle we're in. But I feel like the, the climate change one way is like, God, we're going to have more epidemics. We've had them for years and years. And as the climate changes, I think weird things are going to happen all over the place. I, yeah, I really do. Think of it as the, it, it, Mother Earth or the Earth is an organism, mm-hmm. complete organism. If you you know it has it, it respirates, it 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 gives birth. It I mean it's it's just a complete organism. And right now it's got a fever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And what is a fever doing? It's burning off the mm-hmm. back. You know the virus. The fever burns off the virus. That's why we have a fever. So we were trying to burn it off. So that's what the earth is doing. It's trying to burn us off, you know, because <laughs> we've been assholes. If you want not to be burned off, help nature, help yeah. nature. Don't, don't just, you know, abs- you know, consume. Well, I, I want, I, I want to take your creatures in, in the garden, a, a step of like, People thinking about what creatures do I have in the garden that I can help? Like, even like, I don't know, a Facebook group or something. This is in my backyard. Like, and like I said, even if it's a patio, even if it's one potted plant you can do, what can you do for nature? Because like the National Wildlife Federation has this um, certified backyard habitat gardening for wildlife campaign where oh, wow. you make sure there's water. That's the most important thing. Running water, if you can, with a pond. Um shelter uh food so the food source is mostly native plants you don't always have to do bird seed that's not all, the native plants are the key thing yeah. so do that and, and it's a certification is to go like hey i'm working towards something and then sharing it with your neighbors and like bed and breakfast do it a lot which i think is great because it encourages other people to do it in their yard because when you're sitting there having breakfast like you had coffee outside and here it is here you're seeing bumblebees and then birds and then coyotes and all these different animals what is in your backyard? And that's kind of what I would think creatures in your garden. Like if you think about it, 
if you protect that and if people if you did a facebook group it would be cool because people could start posting like hey i saw this i saw this you know like right now where i am i take a dog for a walk and i'm finding all kinds of fungus and mushrooms that i've uh-huh. never seen before uh-huh. and i'm trying to get good photos but i have a dog that's going no man i've seen that fungus yesterday i'm moving <laughs> it on but that kind of thing is like have some curiosity and once you get into that joy and like kids have that right now kids are stressed especially teenagers they're seeing what's going on in the country the climate go into nature she will help you and you will help her you know mm-hmm. and and have that connection back i think that is that's why we're park people yeah but in the garden in the more we do the less dead zones we have like we have dead zones in the ocean from oil and all those harmful algae right. blooms well, it's happening in our neighborhoods and streets if we don't put these native plants. And like, I like the guy, Doug Ptolemy, saying, have your own national park in your backyard. You know, I, I used to live in the Haight-Ashbury and, and, and oh, yeah. um, our backyard, when we moved into our little flat, was a sand desert. And we had a dog and we buried our compost in the backyard for four years. Now, probably it wasn't, you know, we were teens. So, you know, it was probably not the smartest thing to bury your compost in the backyard because rats and so forth came through probably. And we didn't know it because all we did was bury it and then leave. Right. Four years later, when we moved out, the new tenants that came in had this amazing, they planned it. They said, wow, you know, we, we came back to the place and they said the soil was absolutely rich because we had just been, our dog was pooping. And we were burying compost and we regenerated the, the soil in four That's a years. big deal. I mean, I wouldn't advocate letting your dog poop in the backyard or burying your compost, but there's a way to bring the land back. You know, humans are smart. We're smart. We can destroy and we can build. And, you know, if we put our minds to growth rather than destruction, you know, my mother, she knew that I was not a green thumb. So she planted all native plants, all water drought resistant plants. Mm. And, you know, she passed away in about 10 years ago or so. Mm. And they're still alive despite me. <laughs> you know, That's smart. you know, so, so you, you don't have to be a, a great gardener to, to find a plant or find two plants and, and, and just put them in the ground and, you know, once a month mm-hmm. water them or two, once every two weeks water them, you know, and, and you will find that, that you've really done a big thing, ox, you know, bringing oxygen. And what your mom's water. probably done is a lot of natives because they know yeah. how to get in before anybody was doing it. Yeah, yeah. The natives are that, that's important. And then even in your own home, have plants in your own home for your breathing, take toxins out of the air from yeah. if you've just painted a room or whatever. But before you go, I do want to go back to your event. September okay. 24th is the big party. Where? Yeah. It's called the Bottom of the Hill Club. It's uh, on 17th Street in San Francisco. And I should have the information with me, but of course I don't. It's so okay. Let me, um, we'll it's, put a link. We'll put a link up. Um, okay. It's, it's on, you know, if you go to Carney Band, K-A-R-N-E-Y, I've, I've put the event up on current, the Carney Band site. Uh, it's going to be a big climate action event, actually. Um, uh, one of the bands that I had to bring in, Called Donovan Plant and the Leaps. Oh yeah, we we he's been on our show just now. Yeah, so he's been playing. Weeks ago. I don't know awesome. if you know Pete Cronowit. Have you worked? Not with yet. Him? Okay, well Pete Cronowit is a really active. Uh, him and Mark Rufo, who are going to both be on, the really active singer songwriter in the climate change revolution, and um, so we're all coming together. I'm, you know, it's going to be an album release party with all these great musicians, but also there'll be like all these climate action organizations present. They'll have the little tables there, and so folks can come by. And if you're like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. These folks can point you in the right direction so that you can, in your own way, whatever you're able to do, ha- you know, have an effect on, on whether it's, you know, being aware of who the candidates are that are supporting, you know, uh, ret- you know, healing the planet, uh, not denying it and, uh, to, you know, where you can donate or where, where you can participate, you mm. know, and so it'll be a really, uh, enriching experience as far as what the intent of the album is. That's awesome. I love that. I love it. It's, this is big. This is a big yeah. thing that you're doing. And I, I want, I want to post garden photos now. 
of birds and things <laughs> and, and bugs. That'll be inspiring. That'll I be know. Inspiring. Come on. I come on. We want a Facebook group from you now. <laughs> She's right, like, shut I'll, up, I'll Lisa. Shut up. Shut up. Right, right now, in the middle of beginning school, school is just started. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, oh yeah. It's back to so, school. Yeah. In the middle yeah. of everything. And then you perform also in the band shell, right? In the Golden Gate yeah. Park. Yeah. That's the, the Illuminate um, uh, group has is is booking a lot of bands, a lot of local bands, a lot of national bands, a lot of a lot of singer songwriters all kinds of genres, Wednesday through Sunday at the band show. It's amazing that they're using that space. And also there's another little place in, and they're also opening up Union Square, the Jerry Garcia Theater. Uh, there's the Beer and Wine Garden in Golden Gate Park right off of the main uh, the main promenade that they're having little singer-songwriters. So they're, you know, live music in the outdoors in San Francisco is booming it's just booming see because away it was kind of going away at one point now it seems like san francisco's going through a little renaissance in a way well thanks to this this person well this organization uh, this person also uh, this organization also did the lights on the bay bridge i don't know if you've ever seen the bay bridge Mm -hmm. lights it's a a light it's a light uh exhibit that's coming down the cables and it looks like sea creatures and oh, cool. they also had lasers coming out of Koi Tower. They shot razors no during Pride. They had the rainbow lasers coming out from the ferry building all the way down Market Street. He illuminates the, the pink triangle up on the, you know. So this organization is really, you know, moving and shaking in, in San Francisco. Man, Koi Tower. We went up there. We went up there to see the Conyer guy with the Conyer birds. Oh, okay. Years ago. He was on okay. he had a Netflix thing was when Netflix came on discs. Remember that? <laughs> and we went to go see him because he did all this Conyer, rescuing the Conyers and, his, and the filmmaker and him got married. I don't know if they're still married, but they had all these Conyers. You know, are they still there? It was hard to find their place because it was I all hidden. Think, you, I haven't you seen You walk that. up all these steps and, and you, like, there's all these little houses in the middle of, like, turn left and there might be a house in the garden. Like, oh, yeah. Quite, up, it's that's a, a trippy area. Telegraph Hill. Telegraph that's Hill. It. Yeah. yeah. Telegraph Hill. And you know what? I'll just give you a little San Francisco history. Before Coit Tower was there, it was called Telegraph Hill because, uh, it was, bef- they didn't have, it was before, uh, the, the, um, you know, phones and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, right? And so they literally had a guy up there with the flags. I don't know what that's called. I can't remember what that's called where you have the different. Yeah flags so the ship would come into the golden gate and they would be talking about you know can they get past this certain area and they didn't you know they couldn't do it electronically so this guy is like yes you can say oh my gosh put your ship bring it to and the guy on the ship is like this you know waving the flag so and now if you do that it's a pride festival (laughs) (laughs) that's then they built the fire hose on there that was uh that's that's a wow. fire. You know, it's a fire. You, yeah. you have such a cool city. I love it. Um, I want to thank everyone at the National Parks Arts Foundation uh, for doing the show with us. Uh, if you're an artist, musician, writer, photographer, anything to do with the arts, no matter what genre, check out nationalparksartsfoundation.org. Um, they have these incredible one-month artist residencies where you stay in a park unit and get to create. And they're really awesome about it. You could go in with this plan, like, I'm going to go and write Hawaiian music and Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. You go there and then you go, no, actually, I'm going to do a whole thing on berries in the park. They're open. They're very cool about it. You've got to go. You've got to check this out. There's, there's like Chaco Canyon. Um, they have one in Dry Tortugas National Park in the Florida Keys. You are off the grid. You have to take someone with you and you live in one of the research huts. On Loggerhead Key, and at the time that they do this, this is where you'll see all the little green turtles come in. And, oh, my gosh. And you have to do FEMA training for hurricanes. And that's how serious it is. Wow. How off the grid. You have to take your food for a month. You know, all of that. And you get to be out on the white sand on the on your own key. Just creating. Yeah. Wow. Writing, creating, doing whatever um, photographers. A lot of musicians go to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. They have what they call the art. Airbnb, instead of an Airbnb, they have a house with a recording studio. Tons of musicians have done it where you're right there. You can walk in. We go to the park is just down the road. You're not in the actual park, um, but it's in an area that 
is not the same as the rest of Hawaii in that they know that they can be affected by the volcano. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people go and you can take fa- family with you even, wow. which is rare for yeah. these kinds of things. Well, I'll um, take, I'll check that out next time. I think right now I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I know she has to, she has to go back to work, but uh, <laughs> Carney, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Everyone again, Carney.bandcamp.com is the website. K-A-R-N-E-Y.bandcamp.com. The album is out now. So go get it. And if you're in San Francisco, remember September 24th is the big night for climate action and uh, climate change action and to uh, celebrate with Carney and her two bands and all the other bands that will be there. So thank you so much for joining us here on Big Blend Radio. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. You be well. Stay safe. You feel it?